got the drugs. Police! No drugs. So all that is for nothing. Right. Wait, hold on. Oh! I mean, we didn't. We did some of it. Well, well, I was at a family barbecue. <laughs> Since 9-11, we've gone high-tech over the water, so the dope runners have gone low. The biggest shipment on record is coming in tonight, and we want to know who's behind it. What can go wrong with that? With you and I. I can't be in a gunfight every day. We just want to talk. You want to talk? They can't hear you because they're still shooting at you. Yeah, right, man. Bullets, man. Oh. You didn't tell Marcus about us. No. Mike, he's my brother, okay? Don't be scared. Whoa, hey, I ain't say I was scared. <laughs> Just something wrong with your brother. Mike, did you notice when we left, everybody was dead? No, no. We didn't kill the one dude. This has got to be the worst, most emotional cop week of my life. Yeah, it's been a little rough. The United States does not negotiate with hostage takers. This is not just a situation. It's my sister. I don't want to know what you guys are cooking up. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. And welcome back to episode 19 of the Film Real Cast. Um, today we are doing Bad Boys Two, and this is take two. I'm here to, as always with Stu. Hello, I'm Stu. <laughs> you are Stu. Yeah. Nim. Hello. Hello, James. Hello. Right. Um, first things first. Before we get into the actual film itself, is there any news from this week? As well, actually, there is news this week, and uh, I was looking. I put it on Twitter, and it was Michael Bay is going to do a remake of uh, Cabin Fever. Which we did. No, are you serious? Seriously, yeah. Michael Bay. Yeah, he's going to do a remake of the shit film which we did. Was that the last one we did, Cabin Fever? But no, the one before last. Episode 17. 17. Yeah, Cabin Fever. What an awful film. What really? I'm amazed. That's 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 a shocker. That is. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I thought, I, I just it's a shit film, and what can you do? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. So Hostel would have made more sense if you're going to go Eli Roth rather than Cabin Fever, surely. You could have explosions in that. But you, I don't think you could... You couldn't remake Hostel unless you were off your mind and you didn't give a shit about making a, an awful film. I just don't think you'd go near Hostel. It's just such a good film. Cabin Fever, unless he knows it's shit and he wants to do a... Thinks he can do a better version, I don't know, but yeah. Good luck. So he wants to do a, do a remake of that. I don't know when the date is for that, but... Um, but yeah, so I was horrified. Oh. And Nim, have you watched anything this week? I haven't, uh, apart from Bad Boys 2, I haven't watched anything else. I haven't had time to watch TV, mate. Oh, nothing too exciting there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As always, at least you haven't clapped yet. But, right. There we are. There it is. Um, okay, right, well, straight into it then. Um, Bad Boys 2 uh, is a 2003 American action comedy <clears throat> directed by Michael Bay, um, starring Martin Lewis. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Thank you for laughing, James. Um, this is a sequel to the one we did last week, uh, Bad Boys, which was a 1995 film, so there's a big gap between the two. Eight years, in fact. That's quite big for sequels. It's wonder why he did a sequel. I don't know. Maybe running out of money. Well, I mean, I think we all said, though, at the time, 
in the 90s, when the first Bad Boy was made, it was, looked, it was seen as a successful film and quite a big hit. Mm. And we all liked it in the 90s, we all admitted it. It was only when we went back, I think everyone pretty much other than Nim, um, really, really you know, wasn't too keen on it. And Nim was. Yeah, I, I remember. I, yeah, I, I liked the original Bad Boys and um, you know, you, you hear my thoughts about this one. But this made a lot of money in the box office. I mean, sorry, Bad Boys, the original one, made quite a bit of money in, yeah. the, in the box office. So it suddenly stands to reason they thought, well, hold on, eight years have passed, we can kind of cash in on it. Uh, are they, I forgot, I know we mentioned, <coughs> we mentioned it on the last episode, are they actually going to make another Bad, a Bad Boys 3? Apparently yes, so, are, yeah. yeah. He's now ruined all my notes, James, because that was at the end. As in, oh. are they going to make it or have they started making it? Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Is oh, it a script done or... I, I believe so. I'll just um, you look so organised with your with your iPad. I, I do notes. try. I am trying. And you've highlighted something. I have, as well. I have highlighted something. I'm really liking this new Graham that we've got. This new Graham. I, I'm just trying to be organised. Anyway, professional. Back to, back, yeah, professional. Exactly. Back to the film. Um, the cast is similar, uh, the same um, to obviously Bad Boys One uh, with um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence um, as uh, detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett. Um, <coughs> Also with uh, Captain Howard as uh, Joe Pataglioni. How you pronounce it? My uh, pronunciation isn't good. But with a couple of extras added in. But pretty much it's the same. Um, two police detectives uh, investigate the flow of ecstasy into Miami. Strange that. It's all about drugs. Yeah. Um, so it starts off in uh, swamps in, uh, in Miami um, with a lovely scene uh, filmed uh, with uh, a lot of People from the uh, KKK all chanting around their flaming um, crosses. Um, but before we before we get into this, oh. before we get into this, I've got a feeling it's going to be a Michael Bay slagging off <laughs> scenario again, isn't it? So I went through the films that he's produced and started not directed but produced. Um, well, both really. Okay, Armageddon. Yeah. What do you think about that? Is that any good? I like it. I like that. That's a four out of five for me. I like yeah. Armageddon. Pearl Harbor. No. Yeah. No. Uh, 2003, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Rubbish. Amityville Horror. 2005, Rubbish. The Island. Uh, that's really good. That's uh, probably about three point. That's about Scott four. Scott Hanson and... Uh, three and a half. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's done lots of kind of reinvented films. Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. Um, remade The Hitcher. Um which is nowhere near good as the Rudger Hur one. Transformers, the first one. We said that was quite good. Said that was good. Um, again, Friday the 13th, 2009, <coughs> I didn't like that one. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, didn't like that. Nightmare on Elm Street, should have left that alone. Uh, Transformers again. Uh, Pain and Gain, very, very good film, 2013, yes. really good. The Purge, I like that, that was good. It's an original idea. Uh, again, Transformers, The Purge, Anarchy, that's not that good. 2014, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That got mixed, I haven't seen it. It comes out here in October, I think. Yeah. That got mixed reviews, that yeah. hasn't, hasn't it very much so. And the rest of uh, pre-production, they've got 2016, executive producer on the Turtles 2, and Transformers 5, and a film called Ouija. So. And possibly Cabin Fever. And possibly Kevin Fee, which I hope not. And on Rotten Tomatoes, um, going from 1995-2014, the highest rating his film has got is 66% with The Rock. 
Bad Boys have got 43, Armageddon 39, Pearl Harbor 25, Bad Boys 2 23, The Island 40, Transformers 57, and the rest of them, apart from Pain and Game, which is 50, have got very low scores. So really, it's really, it's just got critical praise from everyone, isn't it? So you kind of think, how many, or how can so many people be so wrong? Because obviously, for the first film, you slated it, but we all did really, yep. didn't we? All general opinion. And this film will probably go the same way, but when you look at all the previous films he's done, a lot of them have been panned by everyone, and that just goes to show that all the different people voting out there, they kind of panned a lot of his films, and the highest one, obviously, The Rock, which is a really good film, which kind of maybe dated a little bit now but it's still a very good film but you're right but is it a case of you need maybe need to look at the other people working on the film with him and who writes the scripts and who's starring it also as to whether it's a bad film or not um, I don't know I don't really know. I mean he's had big names like Mark Wahlberg in the last Transformers film you've seen that I've seen that yeah and what, I mean from the top of your head what would you give it as a, as a uh, two and a half it's a two and a half yeah I just yeah there's a lot of wasted I'm sat there watching it but again it's Mark Wahlberg a really really good actor I like his films so you you kind of wonder is it the actors is it him I don't, I don't know but he makes money that's, that's the big problem so that's I was about to say that yeah. Bad Boys 2 grossed a hell of a lot in the box office and both in the States and across the rest of the world yeah. as well so although well, yeah. the, everybody else the critics <clears> are saying oh he's not, not that great but grossing he's making the money in hundreds of millions of dollars so something's going right yeah, somewhere prove that by all the sequels that he's he's done yeah exactly so although he's you know he's kind of two fingers up to go well I'm making you think I'm making bad films but he's making a lot of money out of it yeah you'll go and watch it so yeah, exactly. I, I prefer Bad Boys 2 to Bad Boys 1 I might be the only one well I'll find out then we will Right, so it's eight years after the events of the first film. So Miami Police uh, detectives uh, Lowry and Marcus Burnett uh, are investigating the flow of high potent ecstasy into the city. Um, it starts off on a scene of um, their surveillance of a couple of boats coming in from Cuba, and then that leads him into um, the uh, swamp docks just outside Miami, where they witness a drop off. Um, the subsequent raid uh, on the clan members that I mentioned before, the KKK, they're having their meeting um, with these two African American men stand up after removing their white hoods and hold them all up, which is a little bit tense, I found. You know, it was a little bit, ooh, not sure. Um, it proves a bit of a disaster uh, because of various kit failings in uh, the fact that there's no uh, radio contact, etc. And our first firefight that I know Stu was so looking forward to. And this must have been probably within the first two minutes of the film, and that's including the credits that we're getting. Yeah, and instantly you got the slow motion. And, uh, <laughs> you got the very manly back-to-back guns pointing left and right stances with uh, a lot of, this shit's getting real, and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, plus, I thought it was quite funny because obviously you had the... Um, well, they tactical narcotics team. They are, yes. And TNT. All, TNT. Yeah, they all built like brick shit houses, and they're all really cool. And you got Henry, it's Henry Rollins, the uh, the leader of them. Um, it, it is. It's very cliche, isn't it? Everyone's again in this film. I struggled to find a fat person or an ugly person in this film. Well, I feel the KKK dudes were a little bit. Yeah, way. yeah. Anyone who's bad or thick is fat <laughs> or ugly. Anyone who's got some kind of value to the film is really good looking. 
So we're saying the, 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 the cast of the film will cast would be bad guys in this film. <laughs> they would be, and they'd last about 30 seconds in the right, film when okay. they get shot. But yeah, it was, um, it was, I don't know, the firefight, it was quite good action, but I don't like the dialogue during the action. Did you not like the corny Will Smith bit where he takes his head off after they've all gone white power oh. and he goes... Blue power! Yeah. Think, oh, Did you not like that? No? no. That was cringe worthy. I did laugh though when um, Martin Lawrence went, oh no, it's the Negroes. <laughs> I thought that was really, really funny. Uh, but I just don't like the arguing bit that they brought on from the first film. That just... Well, I think the arguing bit on this, I think, you know, when I was reading uh, one of the kind of reviews on IMDb, um, it's part of the plot line, isn't it? Because, you know, I think in this one, they, it's it's been a few years since that last film in, within the actual film storyboard yeah. as well. And I think Martin Lawrence's character wants to get away from Will's character. I think he's, their kind of priorities have changed. Yeah. And he's, he's you know, he's, he's put in for a transfer and everything and there's like that kind of banter going on. It's almost like they've had enough of each other. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, but I agree with you, the, the bloody arguing is just, it, at some point, just takes over the film. Yeah, it does, it does kind of, well, it's an ongoing theme, isn't it? And is it, yeah. obviously, when we spoke about the last one, it was very much improvised between the pair of them. Yeah. I found, and obviously we're only like two minutes into the film already, but I found it forced. Yeah. I don't think the improvisation was there as it was before. Yeah, it was it's kind of like, well, we found this thing going through that one. Eight years on, we'll probably not bring it back because that's yeah. what they're known for. Yeah. Kind of like a double act. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you and I were talking earlier. This film focuses far too much on trying to make their main characters look cool rather than progressing the film and having the film be in, in, in enjoyable. It's, it's too up its own arse, almost, I think. Yeah, there were a, lot of, a hell of a lot of unnecessary scenes yeah. um, in this film that didn't have anything to contribute to and the story. Two hours 26, was it? Two hours 26 yeah, minutes? It's, it's, yeah, a hell of a long time what? to sit and watch a film. I think this was still a period where Will Smith was quite, um, and I think I said it to what yeah, you guys earlier, quite popular. That was, I mean, throughout the 90s, early 90s, mid 90s, when the first one was made, I mean, Will Smith was a bit, I mean, he still is a big name, but in those days, I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it was fresh in everyone's head, and, you know, if Will Smith was in a movie, you know, he, he could have been in any movie and yeah. it would have sold out, and I think, like, the slow motion you know, Will Smith standing there with a gun looking, trying to look yeah. cool. They were all poster moments, weren't they? They're just yeah. moments that it just, you know, it sells. It does, yeah. In that time, it, it did sell all the vests and all the other cobblers that they wore. But Well, it's one of the... It goes on anyway to... Um, to basically, they find out that this big drugs bust that they were planning on with what seems like most of Miami police department um, actually turns out that the clan members are only really small time buyers and not really involved in distribution but the incident funny enough leaves uh, Martin Lawrence's character with a shot in the backside yeah it shoots him in the arse doesn't he he does that's a bad shot well bad yeah. shot or good shot depending on which was way was that on purpose or was it an accident I don't know he did do it to save his life didn't he she did get the um, slow motion of the bullet. <laughs> yeah, through, and, yeah. It, and it goes through the glass. As well, yeah. rifling. And if you remember, this is after some of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, it was all about slow motion, wasn't it? Yeah. And angles. So, uh, yeah, it was very pretty. But um, and it was quite amusing. He got shot in the arse. I, that didn't bother me at all. I thought it was quite funny. He did a real girly scream, didn't he? No, and they kind of played in it, which I thought was all right. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. For the, for the next probably 20 minutes. Half yeah, hour. I think you would yeah. if your partner shot you in the arse. I think you'd have something to say. Yeah, it would be, it would be quite funny. Funny things that 
must happen and, yeah. and people must do uh, yeah. during the course of their, their, their daily working life. But uh, yeah, so it goes on and then they um, end up, as always seems to be, uh, Will Smith's character doesn't have a family, so we, uh, he jumps on uh, Martin Lawrence's uh, family and it cuts to a swimming pool scene um, with uh, Martin Lawrence getting out of the pool and then uh, with, where we see the first glimpse of uh, Sydney. Mm. Did you think the counselling bit was necessary? Because when they're on the chopper, it flicks to... They talk about having counselling, don't they? It was a bit mm. random. And uh, they did kind of flashbacks, didn't they? And well, I didn't really see... I thought it was necessary. I you, thought you the did. idea... No, no, I thought the idea of the counselling was, was funny, and I thought it added to the film, um, and I thought it was interesting, like the Woozar thing, but I thought where they put it in was completely wrong. If that makes sense. They put it in really quick on the chopper ride back. It was, yeah, they? it was like they threw it in. And then it, when they were walking to go and get the bullet removed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they did that. That's really silly. There, there surely would have been somewhere else after that to put it in. Yeah. It, that, it seemed clumsy almost rather than anything. Yeah, because it wasn't a build-up to no. counselling. It was all of a sudden a flashback. As if they were trying to squeeze this bit in. Yeah. So it will like, pay off in the long term throughout the film. Yeah, it did get a little bit confusing. That, yeah. little, that little five minutes was a little bit, well, where's this going type? Yeah. type thing so it wasn't great but yeah so he goes on to you know go to a uh, barbecue as always they seem to be having lots yes. of barbecues or outside eating um, where if you do first see Sydney who is played by uh, Gabrielle Union very attractive mm, lady I must say nice. yeah, what else has she been from, I don't know uh, Bring It On she was in Bring It On oh, yes, she's been in a couple of like the first Bring yeah, It On yeah she's um, also in 10 Things I Hate About You what are those films? I've not heard of those They're films. They're girly films, mate. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is probably educational for you because it's based on uh, Taming the Shrew by Woody I, I, I actually like that. And that's it's a very, my, very good film. But, that's my uh, favourite film with Julie Stiles in. Not, uh, not I, I prefer the Bourne films with her in, but still. But yeah, she's a, just a very attractive woman. Right. You need to know about too. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so you see her and then um, the fact that she now works for the... Uh, the was it? She's a drug enforcement agency oh, in, it, right. in, uh, in America. You, was that a trope? Or not the fact that it was a surprise that she works for them, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I was, I, I wanted to ask whether I think it was quite, it was quite teed up, really. Yeah. When she went, oh, push paper. It was kind of like, well, why are you even mentioned yeah. at the beginning? Um, so yeah, and then obviously her relationship she had with uh, Will Smith's character yeah. Mike Lowry when he was up in up in New York. So it's a development of a of a character, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but. With the bit, um, obviously drugs, the ecstasy tablets, play such a big part. The bit before that, when they go to the nightclub, that bit really, really annoyed me when you meet Alexei, the Russian guy who's working yeah. for um, Tappy, that every single person was taking ecstasy tablets in that club. And it was not one person who wasn't. And again, every single bloke was tanned and chiselled and is this an ongoing theme that's annoying these days? Yeah, it is. And every single... I saw a scene like that in the first one, wasn't it, when they were in yeah. the clubs? But it's just the fact that, like, <laughs> when I go, when I was young, I used to go clubbing up London. And, yeah, I'm sure the majority of people were taking drugs. But they weren't, like, holding them out in their hands, passing them around like sweets, putting them in their mouths and getting off of each other, and then passing the drugs onto them. And it definitely, because I was there, not everyone in the club was really good looking and slim. So it was just a trope that brings it back to that style issue that everything is so perfect and all the people are just so beautiful, including the cars, the buildings, the scenery. <coughs> everything is just 
wonderful in this film. And that's one thing that just, you just lost the realism because it was everyone was a model. And but we've got like a film that. though that clearly, <clears throat> unlike the first one, doesn't take itself too seriously. I think it establishes that quite soon on. Yeah, you what you're saying, but what you're saying is, even though d- 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 despite everything, you still couldn't spend your belief enough to enjoy the film because, no. of, because of things like that. Well, no, because it's just nice to have normal people in films. Like, but did it? Did it need the club scene? Did it need the? I think I don't know why. The, no, the geezer OD in. When I first yeah. watched it, I thought maybe it's a dodgy batch of ecstasy that they've got to get off the streets, and that's what the story's going to be about that everyone who takes it is going to die, and I expected lots of other people in this club to die, but it was just this one bloke, and Alexis, who was on the phone. Who, takes the, who we see takes the one pill, not two. Takes one pill. So that's the OD, where everyone else is taking the same pill. I thought that was a bit... I don't know much about it. Well, it's, no, how, it's how the chemical reacts to your body, so that's what gives you the overdose. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, uh, and they just dumped <clears> his body, didn't they? But yeah. I, I didn't... Apart from Alexi talking to Tappy, and you've got the relationship there... You didn't really need the geezer to OD. You didn't need all these. You didn't need the demonstration of the the drug taking. No, no. I mean, it's just something that. Anyway, what did you think? Well, I agree. I agree with Stu. I think it was an unnecessary thing. I think sometimes in these kind of films, it's almost like glamorising the the whole drug thing because again, you've got this kind of film that's set about cops and stuff, and you know what people are going to do with ecstasy. They're not going to stick them up their ass or anything. They're going to bloody eat them. Yeah, but. There's no need for it to be shown, and the way it is shown, like people just popping. Because I agree, you know, as hard it is to believe, I used to go out in the London club scene, and none of us to see that. No, but there were good-looking people because I used to club in London, and yeah. uh, I was. Well, if you were there, the, the good-looking thing about people, I've got to say one thing about, and I, I don't know what the scores in Miami, but um, when I was in LA and I walked past the uh, Viper Viper Lounge, which is Johnny Depp's club, by mistake, whilst looking for a chicken place. <laughs> you sounded really cool for a moment. Oh, no. Is that, is that, is that said just for the benefit of just in case the missus was listening? No, she was with me. She was walking along. We walked past the Viper Lounge and Mrs. P was in her gym jams. I was in some shorts and a vest because some guy in a hotel said, yeah, there's a fried chicken place down the road there. <laughs> And we were walking, it goes three blocks, four blocks, like we were walking. And before I knew it, we were walking for about 45 minutes. And then it got to the point where I was just seeing all these Ferraris and really good-looking people queuing up outside the club. And I was thinking, shit, there's no chicken place around here. Well, you and your other half, you But this is the Viper Lounge. And they were all absolutely good-looking people. I couldn't see one. I mean, me and Mrs. P must have been... That's a notorious place, isn't it? I mean, that's, is that where River Phoenix died? Yeah, Viper that's Lounge? right, yeah. I mean, that's full of celebrities, isn't it? So that's understandable, but... Did you find the chicken place in the end? No, I didn't. I had to get a taxi all the way back. We got to a point where you know you got like the west side and these like the red, the red scarfs and the blue scarfs. Bloods and the creeps. Yeah, we we got to an area that it was that kind of level, and so I thought, right, this is fuck the chicken. Let's just get a taxi and go back. Must be serious for you to say that about chicken. Yeah. Sorry. That's that's interesting. That's that's a good tangent. I like that. That was. It was. But anyway, so after all the. uh, very confusing club scenes and uh, and we finally work out that um, Martin Norris's character has a sister um, and, and where she works she works at uh, DEA and uh, she's basically in Miami to um, facilitate a deal um, between 
various different people, but predominantly are, are Russian gangsters, um, money laundering Russian gangsters. She's there acting as an undercover agent, uh, and basically it all goes wrong, which mm. is, you know, you see her counting money and then, you know, it all goes wrong. Um, this is her first assignment, and then suddenly, um, after she's counted all the money in the amazing machines, um, she gets a hijacked by a Haitian gang who um, tries to get the money. Um, there's some transport between the Russian gangsters and uh, Tapia. Uh, and that obviously puts Sydney in great danger. But with, yeah. uh, with, it, with it being uh, being bad boys, or as me and James tried to describe earlier, slightly moderately... Mod- moderately naughty, I thought. Moderately <laughs> naughty. <laughs> well, then you said something else. And I forgot uh, yeah, so have I now. We'll come back to you later. Um, Mike and Marcus are... Pretty much there on the action, watching um, Marcus's sister. They do watch it all unfold, don't they? And uh, yeah, I thought it was quite good to be honest. I quite enjoyed that. It was um, a lot of action. I mean, they were Haitians. Haitians. I don't even know what. It's from Haiti. From Haiti, yeah. Right. So it's it's a, it's a ethnic group in Miami. It's the best way to describe it. Okay. Immigrants in what? Miami. Is it, Haiti's like a close to Cuba isn't it so yeah. it's like another one of those kind of ex kind of uh, oh it's an island yeah. just off of right a lot, lot of poverty and well, these had like muscle cars every single one of them yeah. didn't they yeah. and gunned up they're, to they're the, gangsters uh, it's a gang yeah. you're either really poor or you're a drug dealer that's yeah. and, and that, one or the other or they were just looking maybe they needed a little bit of petrol and that's why they had to get so much money because those muscle cars drink do take a lot of petrol they but do. that was a really good car chase and I mean they uh Followed them up to the car park, followed Sid up to the car park, shot Sid's partner, she was driving a 4x4, they were trying to get her, it was a great car chase down the road where she got blocked in the end, Um, and Smith was there in his, it was a Ferrari, Ferrari, it's a lovely car that one, it was a really nice car. Here we go, top gear, top gear ground. Well, two different Ferraris are used in the making of it, uh, with uh, very subtle external differences, the car you see most often is a 575M Maranello. Um, however, during most of the stunt scenes, uh, again, Michael Bay's car, uh, a 550 Maranello, thank you very much, uh, is used. Um, so it's a slightly cheaper version um, that's used. But Michael Bay gets another one of his um, top quality cars, oh, a bit like the Porsche in the last one. Yeah. Yeah, into, uh, into the film. Um, but during the during the Does chasing, that one have a cup holder? Uh, I'm not sure, mate. I'm not sure. Probably. <laughs> Being a Ferrari, he probably doesn't have a cup holder. But, um, yeah, during, the, during the, um, the chase scene, obviously, they come down from the, from the car park and go across the freeway bridge where um, the, the Haitian guys are in the car transporter throwing cars off the back, which is yeah. uh, always, always a bonus. Which was exactly the same as the last one when they were throwing ethanol off the back going across <laughs> the same bridge as well, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. That, that bridge. Yeah. Um, but this time it was uh, cars. I mean, I have to say, even though it was exactly the same, I thought it was really, really good action. I mean, I think I, I if, you did a, enjoyed yeah, it. if you did a top 20 car chase list, uh, I would be surprised if this didn't feature in it. Yeah, it was great action. And I was surprised how long this action mm-hmm. scene lasted from, from when they first tried to carjack her um, back in the car park. Uh, I mean, now the bit where the, um, her van or car was blocked in, there was a huge shootout which was very similar to heat you know, in the middle of the road and they got members of the public in the middle and people are getting shot and killed and cars are getting smashed up and she escapes and she's there they go across this bridge and they've got a car transporter and the Haitians are chucking 
cars off the back of it. I thought that was quite original. I thought it was a, a good idea. It was really, really good action. I enjoyed that. Some great cars getting totaled. Well, leading on from the great action, uh, <coughs> on uh, Wikipedia, uh, I got off to the, uh, the, for the notes for while I was doing this. It's um, during the freeway chase scene, um, Michael Bay attached cameras to the front of the stunt cars and told the drivers to drive into some of the cars that were being thrown off the back. Get the proper good footage. So, it did look like so that. some so some of the scenes are created by cameras on the front of uh, front of stunt cars with stunt mm. drivers driving deliberately into the into the cars to really the back. Realistic rather than kind of CGI, didn't it? it? Did look really really good. I think that was a long time before the proper CGI. Yeah, as you say, yeah, yeah it might have stuck out quite a bit. If, uh, well, no, I don't know. I mean, I think you had around. Um, oh, you had, had CGI, not, but yeah, see, yeah, but even not even the crisp Lord, stuff that you, you get. You say now. that, but Lord of the Rings that was a quite heavy CGI. And if I remember the Battle for Helm's Deep, looking quite good in the second film. It does look realistic. good, but it's not a car and a road and another car crashing into it, is it? True, but when you look at see, a car's easier to do. I think. Than oh yeah, yeah, but, but no, it's developments right, yeah. on. Oh yeah. since, since then, obviously, more, with films like Lord of the that Rings would be CGI now, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Things. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to afford to do it. I shouldn't think. But I don't think there was any slow-mos in that, was there? There was some corny lines, though. Yeah, well, yeah there was some hell of a lot of corny lines. There wasn't a lot of slow-mos, because it was quite fast and manic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, so, after that, they, they obviously stop and um, find out that Sid's perfectly fine, although uh, shaking like a uh, defecating canine, um, <laughs> because she's used her gun for the first <laughs> time. Image. Yeah, there we are. Yeah, she's used her gun for the first time. This is actually the first point when um, Marcus and Mike really find out what Sydney's got to do and why she's there. Um, I'm obviously not particularly happy. Um, and then they have to go back and confront Captain Howard, who's uh, dealing with his stress as only he probably can. And I like his character. I mean, what do you guys think of him? Do you like him, Graham? I, I think, yeah, he's a good, he's a good character. He's like, stressed because he's, he's, you know, caught in that that middle thing, as he says, you know, he's got a... Police chief who's had so far up his ass when he spits, he comes out of his mouth. Yes, and, uh, yeah, I like and, and, uh, yeah, and he's he's like so stressed and stuff. Um, but he's always and ranting and raving. He is, uh, but it shows, uh, I suppose it whether it shows he's got bad, uh, he can't handle himself, or he's just so passionate and involved in the job. That yeah, but I like the bit on the boat when um, they're talking to Sid about what you're doing. <coughs> Excuse me, and she uh, says, "Well, what's going on?" He goes, "Well, I can't tell you. It's DA business." He goes, "Right." He goes. I'm going to go and tell mummy about you then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. That was quite a good line. There was a few good lines. But, um, but yeah, the captain's pretty good. I don't... He is quite manic. And you, he's you a trope. From the first one. Yeah, he's a typical tropey captain. It's like the one in um, Beverly Hills Cop. And Even leave the weapon, I think. Yeah. yeah, they've got no control. They shout and ball about, but they know they've got no control and they let their guys do their business and they're really good at it. They're the best. <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was um, quite good, and obviously he was doing the uh, Woosa thing as well, wasn't he? He was, Woosa. Yeah. It's just amazing that they made him take his shoes off, their shoes off, yes. before he got in the office. I thought that was quite... That was a nice time. Yeah, I thought that was very homely, very homely, as, as in the background. And then, uh, obviously, Will Smith's character asked for reimbursement for his um, $20,000. Yeah, for, uh, dashboard that was dashboard shot. Which was a off. stupid line, let's be honest. Pointless, but... Because it's yeah. his own car. But Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just one of those things. But after after you uh, after you find out that obviously they found the Haitian gang were chasing um, Sydney and her uh, DA fellow officers, um, 
they Mike, uh, Mike and Marcus then go and uh, confront a Haitian gang leader where they got the information from in the first place. This scene is probably the worst scene for me, as I say in a deeper voice. They go in and they pretend to be on a dance team and start. That's when they go and see ice pick cruises in former, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And start was, smashing that, up the place. Oh, it's shocking. And it, and it's just like, well, why? Why? Yeah. And I've actually got slow mo alert written here, but that's for the sli- that's for the, the mm. scene in a, a bit a bit later on. But yeah, and just smashing it up. So that's yeah. a good point. It's really. for joke purposes only. There's no. It could have been done on the phone. Very quick conversation. And that's it. it. It's not a funny scene, and it's done for comedy. But it's not, it doesn't work. It makes them look like bullies rather than anything else. I thought it just makes them look like dicks. Mm. All that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. But no. um, I didn't like it either. <laughs> So after they've gone to the gone to the house, uh, gone to the um, shop and um, basically destroyed most things of any value in there, if there was anything of value in there, uh, they then go to a big pink house, which is um, always good, um, where they go and find um, more members of the Haitian gang that um, they just they saw earlier on, um, and this is where you know the next major firefight after the uh, car chase. There wasn't. Yeah, it was quite a lot it's, of chewing. It's, yeah, it's quite soon after. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, and um, I have got rid of you know, there's a, there's a fair few slow mos in this. Yes, a lot. Of slow-mos. There, there, there's a lot of like, oh, if only you moved it on at a proper speed. Yeah, yeah. I the I watched this first time and I couldn't watch all of it, and then I tried again, and when I watched it again today, I so I skipped through this scene because I'd seen it already and I'd I didn't want to watch it again because it's. It's, it's, it's got some really naff lines in it as well. The yeah. who's in my house? The devil's in my house. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, then the devil's in your house. It's like what? It's like would you really need to say that? Can't you yeah. just go to police? For a lot of it, uh, my Lawrence plays the coward, doesn't he? Hiding around the toilet. Yeah, and, and he doesn't. He's not interested in getting involved. Doesn't want to fight. Doesn't want any violence. And he plays that a lot of the way through the film, doesn't he? He does it again in this scene. Why do you have to call him the devil? Why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do that? And you do get sick of it because it's so predictable. Yeah, so obviously they're they're shooting, just basically destroying a house, um, and for some reason, obviously using bits of mirror and all sorts. It's quite um, violent, isn't it? Yeah, there's and there's a lot a, of violence in this. Yeah, film. and there's a lot when the Haitian bloke looks through the, looks through the gap in the the bullet hole in the door yeah. and sees the end of a gun. It's yeah. like oh, right, and then obviously the back of his head gets Blame. blown out, which is you know. Very interesting. But um, then they go and, and obviously the one bloke, um, after uh, uh, Mike Lowry's thrown in a deodorant can, shot a deodorant can, got the bloke in the face, and, yeah. and he, he's, he's screaming in pain. They try and get as much information out of him as possible, but again, it's, it's not, not really a lot. And you see the coward again, yeah. from uh, Martin Lawrence's um, character saying about our, in, asking dead people, yeah, we For can't ask him because he's dead. You can't ask him he's got the back of his head blown out. Like, dead people can't help us. And that's all he kept saying. It's an o- but that, that is an ongoing thing throughout the film. Every time someone dies or gets shot, oh, we can't do anything with him, he's dead. Yeah. It's, 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 it's starting the ongoing, ongoing theme. But then they um, find a camcorder with uh, 
information on it. Well, I say information, well, it could be information. So, about a local Spanish palms mortuary, which is uh, owned by Tapia and is at uh, the front really for his um, money laundering. <coughs> and I thought this was a to... good scene. I enjoyed this scene. I thought it was quite uh, funny. Uh, the, uh, the next bit on my. Uh, <laughs> on my on my notes here, but yeah, so they they, they find out basically the mortuary is is the cover up really, and they but they don't know how to view the uh, information on the camcorder. So what do you do? Take it down to your local hi fi shop, don't you? Yeah. And ask the geekiest kid in there. Yeah. To do it while covered in mason bits yeah. and bobs, and uh, and it's got a bullet hole in it, and he yeah. just wants to know everything. He's like, oh, it's got a bullet hole in it. Can you tell me? Yeah. No. <laughs> and and he's just far too overexcited anyway. Um. But they put the uh, put the put the video on and they see the the, the palms mortuary um, thing there, and then it stops, which is interesting. Yeah, and it goes on to a porn. A hardcore porn. Uh, it was like forty year old virgin that reminded me of all the screens <laughs> yeah. in the shop just changed onto this hardcore porn. That I, I really enjoyed. That were you awake for that bit, Nim? Did you? I was indeed. That that's probably the only bit I was awake for. Did you sleep through this film at all? No, no. Interestingly, I didn't. That is interesting. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. On the on the screen, it comes out as uh, as all the information they need, and then the hardcore porn. But then they obviously the the manager of the shop or the 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 over excitable kid's dad comes down and tries to turn it all off, and um, Mike and Marcus then go into a little. Why home. did? Because Marcus walked away first. Yeah, he did, yeah. Why did he walk away? I think out of frustration. So it was that girl, was he getting yeah, bummed out the car window, yeah. and. Uh, when I first watched it, I wonder whether that was, obviously it wasn't, but I thought that may be his sister, and that's why he just, he kind of just walked away really deflated he's had, he's and disgusted. What do you think, James? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I initially thought it was someone he knew. Yeah. Um, but no, obviously he wasn't. Maybe, well, he walked away to set up the next scene, didn't he? But they didn't really give us a reason for, he didn't say anything, if yeah. I remember, he just walked off. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. And obviously that sets up that ne- the next scene where they're... Um, Confessing to each other. Yeah, on the couch. No, it's it's amazing use of innuendo. It, it really, very, very... it really is, and it is quite. I I thoroughly thought this was the best part of the film for me. Yeah. Because it was just so funny with um, Marcus going on about getting shot and yeah. how he got shot, and it's all about in the ass, and no one else understands it because they miss out the shooting in the ass bit. Yeah. It's a real. Um, it's meant to be a private moment in the sound booth for cameras. And I don't realise they've got cameras everywhere, and what they're saying. Is being broadcast <laughs> through the whole shop, where you've got um, two gay males watching. You got this obviously this lady who's very religious and kids in there, and uh, he says, "My heart still really hurts what you did to it." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And Smith says, "Yeah, I was pretty rough with you that night, wasn't I?" And he says, "Yeah, I can't get an erection now." And it's just so many innuendos. I, I really, really enjoyed that bit. I, and the reaction when he says, uh, he says, I don't know who you talk about erections to me. He says, I'm not interested. And the two gay guys... going to put it in the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two gay guys obviously think um, Lowry and uh, Marcus are gay. And they go, man, he's such a bitch. Yes. Uh, I, I, and the little kid goes, Daddy, what's an erection? Yeah. <laughs> and then here, they, and as you say... Um, James, they put it in the the boundary box. The boundary box. The boundary box with uh, Larry's mummy's titties. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Marx is obviously his uh, his poor, his poor um, can't get out problems. Um, but then they they kind of leave. Then after that very funny 
probably best scene out of both films, I think, for me, really. It's, yeah. yeah, it's an example of them actually getting the comedy right and it actually working. Yeah, two good actors doing it. And, and, it, and it happens a bit more, I think, in this film than, than the first one. But also, there's an equal amount of times where it's so wrong and it's not funny at all. But that's what I found. And it's, it was highlighted in this bit because the next bit's when they go to um, Tappy's house for because they've bugged his phone and, they, and he exterminated him to catch the rats. Oh, no. And they go to his house um, to uh, basically kill the rats. Yeah. Because um, Tappy's got millions and millions in his uh, cellar that's being eaten by rats. And the comedy there, again, Marcus switched straight back to being the pussy who's frightened mm. of rats. Will Smith was the let's-go-get-it kind of guy and let's stay professional and let's do this. And... Uh, that just annoyed me because I think it annoyed me more because they just come off such a good scene where they really work well together to this tropey comedy duos that, that they are throughout this film and um, that was a really poor bit going into the house to put the bugs and the cameras and everything else in there yeah it was a little bit but it, before just before that they go up to the uh, the geek who we see in the first film uh, in a yeah. yellow in an orange um, jumpsuit in a prison uniform and in this one he's now employed yes and, he's employed by them yeah, yeah. With, uh, with the world's thickest glasses and they ask him to do some the, the phone the phone hacking and getting the bugs and stuff but he says he won't do it without uh, a warrant from, uh, from a judge but he asks then for a bit of this is only trivia really but uh, in return for the, the uh, phone tapping the character Fletcher asks for floor seats to uh, Miami Heat against the LA Lakers interestingly enough the gentleman who plays him, John Sally, is a retired professional basketball player who played for both teams. Oh, really? Hence why he's so tall. Total. Really? He's massive. But, uh, yeah. And then the jokes are made about the, the uh, milk bottle bottom glasses that he's yeah. got on. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, and then obviously, yeah, they do go to uh, yeah. Tapia's house. First of all, turn up with full bug kit, and it's not bugs. It's rats. So they messed up there. About us, what do you guys think of him as a bad guy compared to the, compared to the bad boys, one bad guy? Uh, I don't think it was any different. I enjoyed him more. I thought, I thought he was better. I, I thought he was better. I thought, I thought he, he came across... Well, I enjoyed the last one. I was slated for quite enjoying the last one, didn't I? <laughs> you didn't, didn't you? So uh, I thought this guy was exactly the same. I thought he brought exactly the same to the table. and uh, I thought he was a little bit more in-depth, maybe. Well, I mean, he a had a family, of, didn't he? Yeah, it's a longer film, so you could get more, yes. more character arc in for him. But He had his little fat daughter and his mum, and it just yeah. kind of made that kind of weird psycho drug cartel you know it's got all these guns and drugs everywhere and yet he's got his daughter and his mum yeah. yeah it's just oh yeah no no and, I go, and going back to obviously the, the rap problem when when one of his uh, security lets him in and he finds out that you know they weren't who they were supposed to be and he shoots him yeah. and his mum comes out saying uh, oh what happened to so and so I forgot his name yeah. and he said oh he killed himself yeah, he was like kind of close to being family as well, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? And then she went, "Oh no, send him a letter." Yeah, his parents, it was it was all quite bizarre and uh, it's yeah. almost like kind of a godfathery type of thing. Uh, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, send him flowers and a box yeah, of chocolates. Exactly. Yeah. But it was just a bit annoying that when he shot him in the head, he shot him from such a range, and the bloke behind just goes like that and wipes his face with blood. He would have actually been shot and killed as well. Yeah, because of the exit wound from the back. Of I the didn't session. know that. So yeah, exit wound. That's a film. Also, again with the violence, when Alexi was sitting at the table um, talking to uh, Tappy and that, that, that 
he wanted he's waiting for his partner, wasn't he? Oh, he was, yeah, yeah. And his partner was brought in in a uh, box cut up in bits. And again, that's and he, obviously he didn't. You just saw his body parts and limbs hanging out of the box. But again, that was a, a lot more graphic than the first one, wasn't it? What, what were both of them? What were they rated? Did, does anyone know? Without looking, I'm going to have a look now. I honestly don't know. To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me whether it's a. Uh, 15 was a lot of, I think they're both 15 a lot of fucks and everything like that in there but I don't know how many fucks you can have in a film I don't know well it, I go to the context because we were talking about this on our Goonies podcast yeah we were yeah, yeah when it depends how we were using the word where it sits and as not film experts we don't know no no exactly far from experts um, but yeah I quite enjoy that scene with regards to the body being in there but I thought the rest of it so find the finger, they find the kitchen yeah. where his Alexis colleague was cut up. Um, and they take the finger and they do a runner, don't they? Yeah, and they, they see it to try and find out who it is. Uh, but, again, it's kind of like a bit wishy-washy, really. But um, a little bit further on, um, Tapia begins to uh, kind of woo uh, Sid a little bit. Um, who She's you know, still undercover, still uh, trying to get an investigation, get her bits together. By the way, they're both 18s. Both 18s? Yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah. Ah. It's like, on Amazon, I'll just have a look. It's understandable, I suppose, with the violence and the language. Sorry, Graham. Yeah, uh, just, yeah um, so yeah, he tries to view, uh, tries <coughs> to woo her, um, but she ends up going in the sea with him. Um, clever move, clever, clever move. Clever move, yeah, because he thinks she's, we- he's, she's wearing a wire. Um, and um, then they also dis- discover uh, evidence of uh, Tapio and one of the boats involved. In the clan. Did you think that was to see Sid in a bikini? I hope so. I hope so because that that made it for me because she's fit. She's very very attractive. Has the other half listened to this podcast? No, she hasn't. Okay. A bit surprised, mate. A bit surprised. Uh, interesting what Facebook can do. Do, do you want that edited out? No, no. It's fine. It's fine to keep. It's fine to keep it. You know, she's, yeah. a, she's a famous girl. I'm not going to meet her, am I? So uh, yeah, be all right. Well, if you're attractive as you say you are, you might meet her at that club in America. The you never know, I've got the money to get there first. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good cycle there, it'll be great. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they go on and there's a few few scenes there with um, basically trying to get information and stuff from Tapia with regards to getting the investigation back on track that um, it seems to have all gone a little bit wrong. Uh, but after um, a bit of pressure on um, one of the clansmen, uh, after they get him out of the... Uh, which was interesting because it's Michael Shannon, which is General Zod from Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. How interesting was that? Another link to another podcast we did. Another film which we slated. <laughs> we did, didn't we? But when you think, he was so big, wasn't he? And he's a good actor. I think he's very, very good. Obviously, there's a bit part in this film. But it was interesting going back to, what was it, 2003? From being a, a kind of bit part hillbilly to then 2000... Was it 2014 or 13? 13, wasn't it? 2011, that was last year. Yeah, 13. Yeah, to then playing a major role in what was supposed to be a huge... It was supposed to be film. the next Batman, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what are aiming it for. Yeah, and um, to being in that, I mean, and he could be in other films since. Uh, uh, to this day, I still think that's the most slated podcast we've done out of a film. Cause yeah, on the whole, the majority of people, we all slated yeah. it, didn't we? It wasn't like the others where two of us liked it, two of us didn't. I mean, I want him to speak now because he's going to sleep. Well, I, I, I remember actually saying I liked Superman. 
I don't think it was that. Are bad. you talking in your sleep? Or <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm going to say? I'm trying to wake you up and make a noise now, just in case you go mental. <laughs> well, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I liked it. What, the Man of Steel? Yeah. If, if anyone, if anyone is listening and they remember, do know, I can't, uh, let's remember, know. I can't remember slating it that bad. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know what are we fucking talking about? <laughs> Bad know? boys too, then. We'll yeah. remind him occasionally. Yeah, if anyone wants to email him with any uh, ways of keeping him awake, uh, <laughs> please do, or tweet us. That'll be amazing. We'll try to keep him interested. Or well, suggestions of films that might keep him awake. Um, but yeah, so they get, um, so they, they go out to a, after getting the, uh, the gentleman, the clansman from, uh, from the prison, they put him in the back of a car, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, and then they, um, they, get on a boat and go out into the middle of nowhere where they go and wait for um, two boats to turn up um, and this is where you see the exchange between uh, a couple of uh, Tapia's boats and uh, the coffins that, mm. that we see throughout the whole film that are going back to the mortuary um, so they, they you know looking at the kind of like early morning I'm guessing and then they uh, have a have a good watch of the, the boats and then go back to the harbour and then Second car chase. Really? Yeah, and Michael Bay makes a cameo. He makes a cameo does. in the last one as well, doesn't he? Yes. A cameo in a lot of films. I went through his... And IMDb went down, but... He's been in so many different films. Like in Armageddon, he played a scientist and different things like that. He's been in quite a few films. But yeah, it was only when I, uh, I watched it again for the, the third time that I recognised him. Yeah. And ironically, he's the man in the shit car that they first stopped, isn't it? He is, yeah. He's very, very funny. Yeah. yeah. And then Dan Marino's in it as well. Yes. As he plays cameos in all good films. He does. Ace Ventura. He was, yeah. He was he, in that, was he? He was in that, yes. Yeah. American footballer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where they throw the ball with pads. It's not quite as good as rugby. No. But we'll skim over that one. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, they, they then steal a car uh, and then drive through the middle of Miami with um, chasing a transit van. Um, full of um, bodies, really, corpses, yeah. um, that are going to the mortuary, that um, they're kind of empty cadavers, really, um, and trying to obviously find out how to how to try and get into the mortuary where they're going to. But again, this is another stress scene from the captain, Absolutely. as he's uh, shouting and screaming in the middle of the street. <clears throat> um, but you see, obviously, this is not as, a, a, as an elaborate kind of uh, card car chase is the first one um, although you do see a few of the uh, few of the bodies fall on the bonnet uh, and My head, doesn't the head fall off at one point yeah drive over head comes off yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what it comes <laughs> off on and then they um, drive into an ambush really after yeah. the after the two blokes recognise uh, the two detectives in the car next to them and then they ring ahead and they get told to get rid of them and then they go into an ambush uh, where it's uh, conveniently placed by a bank which is always useful um, just what you want to do is drive a uh, Chevrolet car into a bank yeah, it was a big old shootout, wasn't it? It was. It was Again, it's... A huge one. But how many bullets? And yeah. Is there they ever much, reload? Is there too much action shooting in this film, or not? Do you think? Does it take away? Does it get to the point where, by the end of it, you're kind of desensitised a bit to it? Because of a lot of action, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but there's no... Like, like when you were like um, in your lethal weapon and stuff, it'll be a build-up to one big action scene at the end. And we don't... And even in the Bad Boys 1, it was something like that. But this one... Which, are, which is in, good for some, action all the way, but there doesn't really seem to be a peak. 
for me for, for that action. It's it's intense all the way through. I'm just wondering whether that's a negative or a positive. Well, I, I, I enjoy the little sporadic bits of action. Yeah. I think it's, because at the end of the day, you don't need it doesn't need to kind of build up to something. It's they're obviously trying to make a, a, a good storyline here in terms yeah. of. So that is pointed out by Marcus, isn't it? Where he says this is like the third shootout we've had. In, but it, like you say, the week and stuff like that. Throughout the whole thing, he's just moaning little, moaning little git, isn't he? <laughs> so it's just moaning away about everything, about dead bodies. He just want to get a sweet, by the way. Yeah. Which is and fingers crossed, we'll get Floyd did the other week where he can talk and we can get sucking sweet noises throughout the podcast. He's <laughs> just like, actually, it's a, yeah, it's in his yeah. mouth. It's in his no, mouth. I'll keep it quiet. Hopefully, I'll keep him awake. Yeah. And um, yeah. So the, the obviously the the ongoing the ongoing um, violence and the, the yeah. shooting and stuff. Yeah. Um, they finally obviously do find out that uh, Tapia and his um, his gang are, are mm. using the mortuary, uh, and they also need to go in there and have a look and see what's going on. Although they weren't very happy about it, but they were issued a warrant to go and have a look, a uh, sneak a look round kind of warrant. It wasn't to do anything. Well, I didn't think they were issued a warrant. I, I it was. I thought they went there. He, he, well, no, it turns, turns up with a warrant. No, he turns up with a warrant and says he's got a sneak a look warrant. And they get another warrant. And then if they need one, they can go and get another one. But they've got to find the stuff first. All right, because I thought they went in there sneaky, which is why they did the diversion. Because they broke in there through the kiln, didn't they? Where they, I don't really think they were meant to be too far in there. But he did, but Will Smith's character turns up at um, Marcus's house with it because they. That's when they do the scene of um, the kid comes to the door to take um, door Marcus's out. daughter out, and they and they you know turn up with a with a gun and a. How old are you? Yeah, thirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that scene. I quite that was quite, quite good. Yeah, that was. I like the way the, the kid kept such a straight face, didn't speak really <laughs> for all of the interrogation through Marcus. Then Will came out pretending he was drunk and uh, he got his gun out and pointed in a little 13 year old kid's face over all the years and uh, he just stood there taking all kinds of shit. <laughs> if you were a dad with a daughter and it was like the first time she was being taken out, I, I could imagine you would be, especially how sensitive he is, hyper-protective, and that's the kind of thing that I'd do if I haven't got a daughter, so uh, I don't have to worry about that. My kids will be on the other end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, uh, someone pointed a gun in my face. Yeah, forget about it, it happens. <laughs> are you, are you, are you, like, we're going to be like that, aren't we, Neil? We've both got daughters. Mm. Um, we just need to find a gun. You see? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, tangent. But yeah, so... Um, that obviously sets up them to go then to the uh, night time have a look around the mortuary where uh, they basically found a load of dead bodies. Um, yeah, again, Marcus is the pussy and Will Smith is the let's keep it strong, let's do it and stay focused, this is the job we need to do and that, that. so exactly the same as... Uh, and did, you re- did you really need to see boobs? You didn't, but... It was- <laughs> oh, <laughs> no! No way can you say you didn't, but... What? I was, you know, just going there, all these, all these horrible men that are all lying around. You can't get too interested throughout the scene. <laughs> so, so, so what you're saying is the scene was so dull and boring that you needed that pair of boobs to... Yeah, for you, what was the, what was the, the boobs? Were they one of the high, few highlights of that scene? No, they, they were a surprise. I wouldn't say they were a highlight. <laughs> it, was just so a, it, was oh, it was a nice to have. What? I can't believe I'm hearing this. 
Yeah. Just like a shortcake biscuit. Why did you not It's nice to have. <laughs> what was the point? There was no, yeah, point. no point. They were showing boobs to show boobs. Oh, oh look, boobs. Dead boobs. Yeah, they done a joke out of it, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. yeah, I'm with Graham then. I, I completely unnecessary. See, I don't mind because you're Graham, your friends. Last week you were very angry. About what I was, wasn't I? I wasn't. You, you, well, was you, were, you were very, very angry. So yeah. this is good. Yeah, because I, I was upset because that, that was a couple of hours of my life. I wasn't getting back. Well, I wasn't getting back. But this is progress. You're doing really well. <laughs> yeah. Musa. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just thought it was. Yeah. You want to see boobs, and I'm sure if there were women in there, and it was roles reversed, you'd see some well, like with a small penis, and they'd make some kind of joke about that. It's just, it doesn't matter. It, it wasn't like a case of, bloody hell, I'll rewind that. It was just a case of, oh, there's boobs, and it was quite That amusing. was a surprise. Yeah, a surprise, yeah, because I didn't expect to see boobies. But I thought there might be drugs in them, that's why I was interested. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, oh, okay. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, so. Tablet implants. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they had a payoff joke for it, didn't they? They did. Was it funny, though? The payoff joke? I can't remember like I think, yeah, I think it was. I was think it, it was. Okay. It was, it yeah. kind of lightened the whole seriousness of it, I guess. Yeah. That's probably what it, yeah. The, the, the tension that they, the only problem is that the tension that they tried to build up, it kind of just... It's pretty flat. Yeah, and then it got even squashed by the boobs. Yeah. Still. Yeah, I mean, it, you knew once the boobs were there that they'd play a... <laughs> the boobs would play a part, <laughs> but they'd be in the joke somewhere. And they were, because Marcus hid with the boobs, didn't he? Yeah. When the uh, delivery came, when they were going to take her away. And uh, that's why um, Will Smith... Wanted to drive a, uh, or get his colleagues to drive an ambulance through the building. But how distressed is Marcus with dead people? And being a detective, you would think he's probably had to see some dead people uh, in his time. Yeah, but I think it's the fact, that, he's, it's the fact that he's going inside the dead people. Isn't yeah. he, with his hand. Yeah, but he was, like, he was like that in the first one. You know, when they, they found the dead man, like all knifed up on the table. Yeah. And he's, he's, he was rotting there for a couple of days. Gagging, and he, was, yeah, he was gagging and being sick. So he's, He's just fucking yeah. annoying. And person. then he takes that, <laughs> takes that glass of water with an ecstasy tablet inside it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, that was good. Yeah, and then he's off his tits, pretty much. Yeah, and once again, as you yeah, remember saying... He actually chills out and he's quite funny. I'm no, yeah, but, no, but yeah, you say that, but it annoys me. After what you said, it's the trivialising the drugs. Ha ha, yeah. I've taken it, isn't it funny? I'm a bit, no, piss off. Yeah, that really annoyed me when films do that. Angry James is back. No, it doesn't. You, you Welcome into like the room, Scary people. movie. Yeah, I'm home now. So, no, no. Yeah, I'm getting really angry with things like that. When things trivialise things that are bad. But they do people. use, I understand what you're saying, but... It really makes me I, angry. I won't get aggressive about it. <laughs> we can but, talk about yeah. it in an open forum. We can talk like adults. You really need to calm down, okay? If you want to do episode 20... <laughs> You need to just sit down and calm down. It's right. But no, they do use taking drugs for the moment of comedy, don't they? But that's wrong, I think. It and is they, they trivialise it, I think. That's, that's the issue yeah. I have. They, if you drop down and die, if you go deed, then fair enough. You know, maybe that's a good advert. I don't know. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. It's, as you say, when people get stoned, they always play comedy into it. Again, you took an ecstasy tablet. And but it's so tropey to do that. Though. It is tropey, but this film was tropey in a lot of it. Yeah, the first one was virtually all a trope, wasn't it? Yes. So there's no surprise that they did this. So, but, but no, I mean, I, I kind of just looked over it, really. I, 
Oh, I didn't get it as aggressive as you did. Yeah, then they but they go and get the uh, go and get the search warrant, a full search warrant uh, from Captain Howard um, to go to the mortuary and also uh, Tapia's mansion, um, obviously where there are drugs and there's money there as well. Um, the with um, a great action scene with helicopters is what I've got written in my notes. And they have got the Coast Guard and yeah. everyone over there. Yeah, they? during the uh, during during the search warrant and stuff, and obviously the search of. Uh, after uh, the mortuary gets destroyed by them driving an ambulance into it, um, the, the mansion and stuff um, intercepted by uh, US Coast Guard. Again, it's, it's another car chase action scene, and a bit mm. of trivia for that. They had to get the local authority to remove the speed limit uh, on, the, on the water so that the boat could uh, go flat out. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they had to get exemption for the day so they could uh, use that oh. speedboat. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah. Always good, uh, but adds a little bit of realism uh, and a good bit of action as well. Although it really does go a little bit wrong, um, as as you know, um, Alexi turns up to the mansion, um, tries to get his own back, storms it on his own, and ends up getting shot, and that's the end of that baddie. Yeah, and they realise that um, they show the pictures of uh, Smith and Lawrence, don't they? Then they realise that they're not just two kind of hoodlums. No, that they are cops, and the reason why they're so concerned. It's because they believe it's Sid, don't they? But they don't know she's DEA, they just believe that she's double-crossed them or that she's in on it or something. Yeah, so um, after that, obviously, Tapia discovers that and uh, kidnaps her. Mm. And they go to Cuba. Oh, and this, well, I want to I want, I say this. Uh, the action is just equal to everything else. I want to call this doing the Django. Yeah, because it's now... They're, they're going to Cuba... Uh, it, the two cops, first of all, would not go to Cuba, however you suspend your disbelief. It wouldn't happen. Everything in that scene is so fictional compared to the, to the rest of the film. And the fact that they need a warrant to do that. So it's established these rules, and it completely breaks them by them going to Cuba. It's, it's ridiculous, and it really it annoyed me. Good action, but that bit They go to me. save her, though. No, I That's can't understand that. I can't understand that. But it's a real... Uh, the no. first moment from... When she gets kidnapped, and they're on the private jet, and uh, they're talking about that you can't go across, it's Cuba, there's different rules apply, uh, as you say, and everything like that. Um, and then uh, old Tapia calls Martin Lawrence, one of his hundred million. And even when, during the phone call, it's done in a slow, mo slow motion. What's with, the, what's with the little run between rooms that Wilson yeah. does? It really, really annoyed me, and it's so tropey. <laughs> it really is. And 
everyone's involved. There aren't any fat people involved either. <laughs> we need someone to make some sandwiches for the trip. Yeah, there's fat geezer in the office next door. I'll just give him a shout. Yeah, there's some ugly bird over there. It won't be, it won't be. It'll be some really good looking black with a really hot female assistant making the sandwich, <laughs> anyway, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. And he would stir it with his 12 inch tongue. <laughs> Because he can, yeah, but yeah, exactly. and, they, and they, but they managed to get like a helicopter and all their kit, and the CIA managed to produce all kinds of. Yeah, things. you got Delta Force CIA. You got some bloke who's on his own, who's a demolitions expert. Wonder if he'll come in handy later on. <laughs> oh, why do? do? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dearing me. So they, uh, Elliot, yeah, and then they use the. Uh, oh, there's a uh, boat on fire off the coast of Cuba. I think we should go and help them out. Uh, what well, you know. How, how can you? Yeah, but yeah. So they, then they then they go to um, they go to Cuba in their mini army with a, a safe house that just happens to be right opposite mm-hmm. Tapia's mansion, which is uh, all f- always oh, good. It's, no, never mind, never mind. But it's helpful that one of them has got a friend, Tito, <laughs> who knows the house really, really well. Does everyone in every film have a Cuban friend called Tito? I think they do. Uh, that was really, really handy. That. He could have had a Cuban friend and he rang him up and go, I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. I don't know anything about this house. Oh, you little shit, yeah. you're no good. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. You haven't spoken to me in years. Yeah. Now you want me. Now I'm nice. Yeah, yeah it was quite convenient. So they, they go over to the safe house and uh, get all their kit together and, and it seems a little bit unreal really because how long did it take him to build that tunnel? Yeah. Really? It, I mean, that, that, that would have taken months. Because that tunnel is probably two foot wide and three foot wide. You've got to remember, shit just got real. It did, it did. And that model, you know, how quickly did they knock? It was just there some bloke there already knocking up a model. And the boat on fire. Yeah, and all that type of stuff. It was like, hold on a minute, this is all happening in 30 seconds worth of film footage. This is weeks. Yeah. And they've got full of. It's like another film. It's almost like what happens here is almost another film. It's like they've gone, oh, Great Escape's a good idea. Let's put a tunnel in. How How long did it take them in the Great Escape? Months. Actually, almost years. What we'll do is we'll do it in seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's Hollywood. Yeah. Next time I want to do something and go home, DIY, I'm just going to say shit's got real. And it's done. It'll be done quickly. Yeah. Good versions. Or... So uh, they, you see them obviously get all their kit together and then they work out the plan of how they're going to basically go in and get Sid out. And they, um, they've got a, a, a little robot. It's never going to go to plan. We, no, do. it's never going to go to plan, is it? Yeah. Not with those two. So they've got a little robot that goes in underneath the, underneath the car where... It's not, it's not to be honest, reality. it's not that little. I've got a small garden. I'm pretty sure if anything that size was around, even like you'd see it before anyone else. Well, it, 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 it's ridiculous. It, it can only just go under the diff of that truck, can't it? So I'm pretty sure that they it's... used lizards for the motion sensors, <laughs> yeah. didn't they? <laughs> lizards and cats, <laughs> and they threw them over the wall. Yeah. Like, All right, yeah. just throw a lizard yeah. over the wall. Oh, and then the lizard just stays there. And that's it, it doesn't move. Lizards don't, they're not that active, are they? No. Not unless they're after food. Yeah. <laughs> and bearing in mind they're, they're herbivores yeah. anyway. You throw them over a wall yeah. by a plant, they're going to eat the plant. Like chucking <laughs> six tortoises over the wall and going, yeah, they'll do it. Four hours later, yeah, they'll be there in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just goes, yeah, just turn, just turn off the sensors. Just yeah, turn yeah, off the sensors. Yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, whatever. There's girls in bikinis all around his pool and, and the armed guards just have to be playing for. Jumpers for goal goalposts. We yeah. did that in the UK. Well, not them. AK forty sevens for goalposts. Oh, there. Yeah. Yes. In that bit, when they uh, they show the swimming pool, and obviously you've got this quite a big remote control car. Yeah. Going around the pool, and thankfully it must be a, a party for the deaf, <laughs> because no one can hear and not visually impaired this car going around the pool. And when all the guards do, 
Thankfully, they're all congregating, <laughs> a little group around it. They're not kind of thinking, this car's got a camera on, something's not right. They're all so happy to see it. <coughs> and then fucking thing explodes. And then they the wonder why. man blows it up. That's his only role, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I got my, see try, you later. To yeah. drive a little thing and then observe it, yeah. Right. And then... Uh, and then you get the, the massive firefight yeah. that, that can only be described, but... With real men. Yeah, with them. Uh, Which reminded me a bit like um, the old Arnold Schwarzenegger film, Commando. Yeah. It was that kind of... But that, that, that was a good shit. film, though. That was a... That was a good film, but the, the, it's like the finale, you know, when the yeah. shoot-up is similar to... It is, yeah. Thing on the beach. And it is... Shit just got real. It, it got very real, but all yeah. these massive blokes with massive guns and mass... Both guns, arms, yeah. and, uh, and, and guns as well. As just yeah. standing there going, all right, I'll put it yeah. And then, uh, and then they go and raid the house. And obviously, got to secure mum, got to secure his mum, and uh, his door, make sure they're safe. <laughs> so they do that, and then they go in and get Sid. But strange enough, everybody else goes in the house and stands there, massive firefight. No one goes and gets her until obviously uh, Lowry and uh, Marcus go in and go and get her out. Yeah, and suddenly they're kind of. An expert in throwing grenades and tactical assaults and stuff like that. <laughs> See, they could be SWAT, to be fair. They could be SWAT trained. They could be. Uh, they could be SWAT trained. you think, throughout the film, Martin Lawrence's character has been such a pussy and he's squirmed away from everything. And then suddenly they're doing, they're doing tactical it's, moves through houses. He's, he's, he's doing it for his sister, though, isn't he? That could be the uh, argument. It, it could be the argument, but... It's, it's a pretty weak one, but... Still say shite, yeah, and, and so they, they go and get her out anyway, and then it all goes a little bit wrong. Um, one of the blokes gets shot in the leg, and then they all go back to the tunnel. But mm. Marcus and Larry don't make it. It says go to plan B, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and there's no mention of plan B. throws it completely. Yeah. Uh, so plan B is obviously they're going to go and find a strategic place, Hummer. Which, which is, uh, is really a H, handy. A H2 in the, uh, in, the, in the garage and use that as a getaway vehicle. Mm-hmm. Steady getaway vehicle, I must say. A good yeah. choice. If, uh, for getaway vehicles in Cuba, it's probably mm. up there on the top choice. You could have had a Honda Jazz or like a, a smart car in there. That would have been fucked with three people, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. but, and the cup holder doesn't work because it's <laughs> spilling everywhere. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah, arguing so. again. Well, so, I did like the chase, though, and going through the, like, the equivalent oh, that of the... Me. Um, what do you call it, a Flavia, or she's been strictly come dancing, isn't she? Mm-hmm. But going through all those, like the shanty towns, just going down that big slope, smashing yeah. them up. I thought that was... But at which point was the car destroyed? destroyed? Yeah, the car would be destroyed, and some yeah. shots, the windows were cracked, some shots they weren't cracked, but... Sometimes they had a sunroof, other times they didn't. Yeah, and by then, you knew the film was going to finish, so... You were happy. Getting, I was getting quite happy and interested in it, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it finishing, but I thought... that. That was quite good. Again, it was different action, wasn't it? It wasn't like a shootout. And then it was a car chase. So right yeah, to was, four, four vehicular ve- ve- yes. car chases, aren't we? Yeah, I thought it was all right. Then they wanted to go to um, Guantanamo Bay, didn't they, to go to American soil? So mm. that's really their only kind of passport to freedom, wasn't it? Which was absolute bollocks because at that time in two thousand and three, obviously with the um, Security, you wouldn't be able to get anywhere near. You'd have got destroyed, destroyed be- way before. And how, and how they yeah. couldn't identify themselves as because obviously they've gone to Cuba on a secret mission, so they've got no police kit, yeah. and they probably didn't take their passports with them. Yeah, and the car so driving they... was Guantanamo being chased and shot at by another one. They would have blown up both of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, they didn't get to America but... at all, even though did they? Let's be honest. Well, yeah. Which means that they couldn't be helped. No. <laughs> but the shit got real, so. 
It, 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 well, that's the most and we had, we, we had, once I actually got there, we had another cameo of another lizard, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. But poor lizard got blown up. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm disappointed with that, but that lizard would not be walking across there. I'm sorry. No, there must be quite active lizards in Cuba, or so I can say. Well, probably, probably one they through, but really far with their big muscles. I don't know. It, it no. could, it could be. But then, yeah, they get to the minefield, and um, obviously they get a warning from the U.S. Navy uh, saying that you are on an active minefield, um, and uh, and then they all stand stand still as if it's shocked. You know, mm, it's some more slow mo here as well. Yeah, it's more, yeah, more a lot of slow mo. This is this is probably drag it out. Thirty seconds of film is drag it out for five minutes slow mo. Yeah, I reckon at least. If you added it all up, it'd be about 45 minutes worth of slow-mo throughout this film. Yeah. It's quite intense. So, sorry. No, I was going to say, this, again, because I knew it was going to end, I was wondering, when I, very, when I watched it for the first time in 2003, whether one of them would die. Because they'd just finish it, like the franchise of Bad Boys. Because it would be quite good, because it would be something, just something different, you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, if just one of them died, I wouldn't maybe mind. Maybe Burnett's character, that would have been bloody good. Stop bloody moaning all the time. I wouldn't have minded either one, really, or or they um, shoot Sid. That wouldn't have bothered me either. Just... Oh, they can't shoot your attractive girl, that's not fair. Yeah, because the film's ending. No, it's not yeah, like you're going to take her home, is it? No, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she gets shot, it's it bonus. Might save you a few bit money on dates. Yeah, exactly. But what happened was quite amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. She manages to throw a, a gun that's a... Probably not equal weighted, bearing in mind yeah. it's uh, it's now empty, uh, perfectly on top of a landmine. This was brilliant. And then you've got, the, so that goes off, then you've got the slow-mo of the landmine coming up. Yeah. Obviously with spinning trajectory. Do they actually do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it spins, because they're only personal landmines, and poof, and the bloke gets blown up. Yeah. What surprises me, bearing in mind that everybody else is within a few metres radius, why nobody else gets a bit? Yeah. Because that's that that metal casing goes up, and explodes, well, shatters, it causes more shrapnel. ridiculous in about a few seconds. It does, yeah, yeah. Shrapnel, bish bash bosh. Mm. Well, really, that was a good shot, wasn't it? it and was then, very and good. then you get the good slow mo of uh, Marcus aiming at Tapia, and then pop. Put it back with him. Yeah. And then, and then he falls down. And then, and then he blows up. Oh, no, I can live with the pop for the back of the head. Yeah. If, it, if if what happened next didn't happen. What, what falls on a landmine? Yeah, yeah. Next to Will Smith, and it looks like more than one landmine. He's well, well, he must well. be, he's probably about six foot tall, isn't he? He's quite a big bloke. Yeah. And then he just uh, ends up in pieces. And his body parts just fall down, and then they kiss, not obviously Marcus and <laughs> no. <laughs> Will Smith, but yeah, Will well. Smith kisses... Uh, Sid. I came all the way to Cuba for this. Yeah. Oh. Line. Yeah, that's after Yay. he's got his shout and screamed at, at, at Marcus and gone there. Now that's how you're supposed to shoot. Oh, yeah, that's. Now that's how you're supposed to shoot from now on. That's how you shoot. Yeah, these lines that they throw in that are just not needed whatsoever. And it goes to a swimming pool scene, doesn't it? And obviously, Marcus ain't leaving anymore. No, no. He's got a bigger swimming pool. Yeah, it's it's oblong shaped and not a That's circle. a nice swimming pool. Paid for by Mike Lowry, wasn't it? It was. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and then ends up, they end up in the same way as it being destroyed. They end up in the middle of the river. Uh, yeah. Uh, sea. Well, if they've got a river, why just do it on the river? I don't understand. Well, because it's the sea and I think they've got sharks in Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that, that's it really, isn't it? That's, Thank God. 
the film ended. It was a bloody long film. It really, really was a long film. It's fucking painful. Did you? Did it? Okay, when you when you um, press the play button, because I got it. I bought it on. Uh, I bought it for I think five ninety nine on like on like Amazon Instant Video, formerly Love Film. There are other streaming apps available, but uh, and I pressed play and I, I looked at the two hours twenty six, yeah. and my heart sunk, and I thought, oh yeah, mine did. Oh. I know. Yeah, I was quite excited because I couldn't remember anything about this film, and I was like, you. I um, put it on Amazon and I was gutted when I saw it, it was 2 out of 26. <laughs> I thought that cannot be right. I thought it's got to be really, really long credits at the end because I don't know if I can sit through it and I, I couldn't. I watched, I think, half hour, then I watched 45 minutes and today I watched the rest it's of t- it. It's taken a fair few sittings, isn't it? It's like going to the dentist. Yeah. I watched it in two. It's just, yeah. What about yourself? In one sitting. You watched it in one sitting and oh, you stay awake. I'm surprised. Did you watch it on your own or did your wife watch it with you? By myself. You are getting late, a big, late, big late, boy. Late at night. Ooh, Ooh late at night past his bedtime. Nice. Oh, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. You're doing really well. I'm very proud. Thank you. <laughs> so, Nim. Mm. Nim. Yes. What would you give this film? I would give it a two and a half. What do you think of it compared to the uh, first one? Preferred the first one. Did you really? There's, if if the, the the main part of the film was pretty good, I think when we just got to the end bit, the going to Cuba, where the shit got real. I think from that point, it just pissed me off. Everything was just so bollocks and corny American, fucking GI Joe heroes. <laughs> I just thought, you know what, I can't fucking watch this, and that and it, that that's the bit that kind of ruined it for me. So after that, I just kind of thought, that's yeah. ruined. That's ruined the whole film. If they hadn't put that ending in and it was a bit different... That's how I felt about Django. It could have been... <laughs> That's how I yeah, felt about Django. Maybe a three and a half or, you know, on par with the first one. So what did you give the first one? Do you remember? I think it was a three, three and a half or four. Oh. It was no, high. it was actually a four. It was a four. Because I, I yeah. quite liked that. So it must have been a four. I don't remember what I did last week or the week before. And neither can I, mate. Join my club. Yeah, right. yeah um, I quite enjoyed it. To the point where I had to make notes for it, I suppose. Um, apart from that, I ain't going to watch it again. Not in a long, long time. Um, obviously, I'm the first time I've been making notes, so any comments, uh, could, you know, constructive. Obviously. I thought you did very well. I know, uh, but I, I just put down that the, you know, the film was um, very much like the first, um, with arguments being like central to it. Um, it rolled into one with the old one, the yeah. other one as well. Um, I didn't, it was very hard to distinguish between the two. I'd probably give it. Two and a half, a little bit less than last time. Um, what did you give the last three, one? Three. Last one, yeah. Um, probably two and a half because I was bored of it. I'm bored of the franchise type. That, you know, the bad boys tried to be like Lethal Weapon and it wasn't. Best or worst, yeah? It's quite a few, a couple of funny scenes I've mentioned are probably the best ones. Best bits, worst bit. What about yourself, Nim? Yeah. Best bit, worst bit, what would it be? Um, the best bit, I think, just like the comedy scenes again, um, the one that I enjoyed the most was when the the kid comes to date Marcus's girl. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the one in the booth when he's talking about his arse and yeah. with the gay guys listening. That, they're, they're things, I mean, and that says everything, doesn't it? I mean, we're in an action-packed cop film and the best two things that I like in it is the, the comedy things that's got nothing to do with cops or action. Yeah, um, and the worst bit is like I said the ending fucking, it, that just ruined the film because it could have been 
actually just about a watchable film or or a good film. Yeah. If the ending hadn't just balls it all up. But you preferred the first one. Yeah. But yourself, Jay. I prefer this one. This is getting a three. I gave the first one a two point five out of five. Um, my best bit was. It's, well, it sounds a bit like a cash up, but it's the things they did right, like the comedy bits which were funny, like the, the bit on the couch um, when he, co- you know, when the, the little boy goes to date Marcus's uh, young daughter. There were the bits done right, and the ones that are done wrong, like the ending scene, are done so wrong. It always, they always cancel each other out, and it becomes a very average film, and that, and that, and that's basically the problem. But yeah, a three. Cheers. Three. Yeah, I'll give it a three. I thought it was better than the first one, which wasn't hard. I thought they'd done a lot more things the right way. Um, but it was uh, the film was too long with a lot of unnecessary bits in that they could have just skipped through and added for comedy's sake or action's sake, which they just didn't need. Um, much like Nim, the, the best bits were... The bit in the uh, video, or the audio shop, I thought that was really funny. And the kid coming over, um, I thought that was great. And the worst bits um, were the bits that just weren't needed, really. I mean, I quite like the action. Some of the action was really good. The transporter chucking the cars off, I quite enjoyed that scene. Um, but the worst bits, I, I don't know, there wasn't the bit that... Probably the macho bits in the film, the one-liners, the corny one-liners, that's what I didn't like, um, from when they went to Cuba onwards, from when everyone joined them and patting each other on the back and all going, <laughs> The Whoa. hero moments. Yeah, it's just, I just didn't like that. I don't like that in films, and it's very much like kind of Armageddon and different films like that, and like the slow-mos you get in Transformers, when they come out with these lines and... It's just very much the same as what obviously Michael Bay likes doing, and it's his signature, isn't it, on the mm. films that he does put on them. Um, but as you said from the start, he's the one having the last laugh because he coins it in, and these films are absolutely huge blockbusters. So uh, he's doing something right in someone's eyes, it's just not mine. This is up there, I think, with the goriest films we've done so far with a body count of 51. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Body count of 51. Is that the most in, in which, which films? In, well, out of all the films we've done, I think, so far, I think this is up there. It must be probably the highest one. No, body it's count. not, is it? What, what was the... Oh, Django must be high. No, the, that other Mexican one, the... Uh, it was Machete. It was Machete. the highest body count Machete. that we yes. did. So this must be the second or third highest body count. Yeah. So 51, I thought that was a very interesting fact that I found. Oh, right. But it's mostly baddies that die. I don't... I oh, know, but they... I can't remember... Cause they, they, cause, cause they said in the police chase that two cops were critical, didn't they? And uh, and a boat was written off. Yeah, but, that, they're, they're, but they're just normal, like, <laughs> they're patrol. Yeah, yeah, they're nothing. They're, you they're know, nothing. like, 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 like neighbourhood's officers. Like neighbourhood officers. Yeah, exactly, yeah, they'll just be... Expendable. But yeah, all baddies died, but... Yeah, so 50, 51. 51. But, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, James, what are we doing next? Will it be higher in our next film, the body count, or lower? What is it? I think it's lower. Potentially. I'm excited. Tell me. It's uh, well, well, well. It's uh, it's uh, because we're obviously we're going to we're going to Comic Con in October. Um, we we decided to do initially the first Iron Man, and then Graham said, "Let's do all three Iron Man films." So that's what we're doing for the next three week, the next three weeks. It's going to be all about the Man of Iron. It's luckily, luckily awesome. and not the. <laughs> 
<laughs> None of us cheers looking forward to it at all. Uh, so oh, good. Man. Well, I, I think I said in the Man of Steel and probably the Batman thing that um, for me, the first Iron Man is one of the few hero origin stories that can live up to, I think, Batman Begins and also the first Superman film. Yeah. And it'd be really interesting to see whether I still agree with that. Obviously, after watching... If you don't, I'm going to punch you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Live violence, There we go. I mean, what do you guys think, think going into it? Oh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm, but, you know, I, I've, seen two, I've seen two of them, so I haven't seen the third one, so that'd be quite good. No, I haven't seen the yeah. third one yet. Yeah. Completely. Really? All, not all the way through, no. It's just, I've just caught bits of it when uh, people, are, like, people are watching it, but I haven't actually sat down yeah. and watched it all from beginning to end, because I know there's a kid in it. And I remember thinking, I wonder if Stu gets annoyed. We're going to have to I wait three you. weeks to find out. Well, oh, you did? Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think, yeah. Graham? I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't seen the third one. I've seen the others. Um, I thoroughly enjoy them, so I'm, I'm yeah. quite looking forward to... I can't wait. I'm quite looking forward to watching the films. Look at, I'm assuming he's Tuesday in the notes for at least the first I, one. I think, yeah. I think we should, uh, just out of honour, we should let him do the I'm notes. I'm going to watch Man tomorrow. <laughs> 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 Well, it's uh, on that note, on that positive note, it's positive. goodbye from me. Yeah, it's goodbye from me. Thanks, guys. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. No, I can't. what? You're getting an erection. What's an erection? I'll try to take a Viagra. You know, pop one, pop two. To eat them like Skittles. That poor man is pouring out his heart. I'm still flaccid. Um, okay. I'm comfortable talking to you. It's got 5.1 Dolby. Well, that is yes. But you not getting an erection? That's a real problem for me. I just figured I could talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We, we, we partners, but we are partners with boundaries. Um, we got a new rule. From now on, you can't say the word flaccid to me. He's a mean fuck. Look here, this is our little boundary box. So we're going to take the word flaccid, and we're going to put it in there with my mom's titties, with your erection problems, and we're going to close this box, and we're going to throw this bitch in the ocean. And the only way that you can get to this box is you got to be motherfucking Jacques Cousteau. We cool?